Welcome, everybody. This is the Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Hani Rambod. I'm here with my co-host, David, and we are here to do a Q&A. So what's up, David? What's up, sir? It's been a long time. I know. It's been a long time since we've done a Q&A, and yes. Q&As are always popular. And this time, the Q&A questions have come from my Instagram and Facebook. So there was a question put up about what you wanted to know or wanted me to answer on the truth podcast. So for those of you that are watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like subscribe. I'm going to go ahead and do the little housekeeping yep. share for those of you that are watching uh, on this and really enjoy the content, but you haven't had a chance to comment yet. Please let me know what else you guys like to see what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it, because I do go through and I do read all of the comments. The other people that are listening to this, on the podcast, Apple, Spotify, this does come out a day sooner than the YouTube video. So if you're watching this on YouTube and you want to know how you can get it and you've been listening to it uh, on YouTube and it's something that you'd like to listen to on just the download, just know that if you are subscribed on the iTunes platform or Spotify platform, you will get this a day sooner on the uh, audio only file. So again, I appreciate all of the comments and everyone that has been subscribing and liking, and that's that bit of business. Now yep. let's talk about the questions that you put got together for me because I haven't seen right. them yet, but all let's right. go ahead and get into them. Awesome. So there's five questions here. They're really good. The first one's coming from uh, Ryan. When dieting, how do you decide to either pull food or increase cardio or both to maximize fat loss? I would Actually, assume this is both in prep and just lifestyle. Okay, so what normally, I, I go by fullness, right? Because I'm a, you know, obviously very visual. So if I'm seeing somebody that's getting really flat and that we've already done some calorie pulls, what I do is I tend to make sure that they don't stagnate too flat for too long. Otherwise, they're going to lose some of that 3D effect. So then we'll give them a bump up. Now, the bump up could be just a bump up in calories at that point, or it could be a cheat meal, or it could be a combination of both. So it happens all the time. And this is one of the reasons why I'm so hands-on with making sure that, hey, check in, check in, check in, check in to the point where I annoy the hell out, you know, hell out of my clients because I want to make sure that we continue to progress with the conditioning, but we don't go so far as to flatten you out where you don't be able to come back again. So yeah. we keep the volume of food high. So that's my answer. It's really about going off of the visual. That's why I have my clients constantly check in. Do you, do you go right to, is it cardio first? Yeah. For like fat loss. Food? Yeah, absolutely. I like to keep food and, and, and increase cardio first. Okay. I, I do not like to cut food. Food is like one of those things where cardio first, and then you start to cut back food. Okay. Perfect. Next question. By the way, I didn't say how, how much I had to compliment your, uh, your, Star Wars themed background. <laughs> I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the that. middle of a battle, but I took the time out to do some Q and A with you. So of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the question is, are you on the dark side? Um, cause it looks kind of like a little bit millennium Vulcan going on in there. Yeah. 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 No, definitely other side for sure. Um, okay. Lucas question from Lucas here. When formulating a product, what is your main intention that makes the process different from other brands? 
Oh, wow. That's a different. really good question. It is. That's a really yeah. good question, man. You're getting me to shift here. So <laughs> what I do differently is that I try to find a niche or I've already found one, I should say that I want to fill. So that's how I even started the brand, right? When I started Evagen, what it was, I started with a $70 non-stim pre-workout 13 years ago when the number one product was Jack 3D, which was a high stim pre-workout that couldn't give you a pump to save your life because of the constriction it created all the way to the point where people had erectile dysfunction from it. <laughs> and, and I was the, the good exact old days. Opposite. Yeah. <laughs> the good old days. You know all about that. You you used to work for a very long time in retail and yep. supplements. And I was always against it. So how I go about formulating is very similar to how I started this company. I started with an expensive non-stim product, which was kind of unheard of for a pre-workout because it was all about blood flow. And my training system is all about blood flow. FST7 is all about blood flow. So what I did was I married it up the two. So everything I do has an effect, cause and effect. And so when I'm trying to create solutions, it's to maximize blood flow, to be able to get nutrients into the muscle and to create more of a 3D effect. And whether it's on the pump or whether it's the recovery aspect or whether it's digestibility to be able to help with recovery with the protein being able to be you know highly digestible, uh, whether it was like when I came out with Evolog to be able to have digestive enzymes with the, um, the insulin mimetics. So there's these solutions that are some, you know, novel in, in some kind of way because there's a gap in the actual industry. And that's how I came up with Evagen as well as all the products that I've ever designed. So who is that from? Lucas? Uh, Lucas. Yep. R how do you say, I don't want to butcher his name. Yeah. Rikowski? That's why I just, yeah. That's why I just went with the first name. Okay. But yes. Well, excellent question. Well, yeah, it was actually a very, very good question, but that's, that's how it is. It's all about blood flow. It's all about making sure to get a pump. And then another example of that, that comes to mind also is whether you do a full stem product versus a non-stem product. And my products were designed so that they can be mixed together. That's why there's 40 servings instead of 20 servings. A lot of these other brands, they don't really think about that. They just go, okay, here's my non-stem and here's my stem. But what I've done was I made it into 40 servings. So that way you can take a full serving, you know, of one and a full serving of another. So you get 200 milligrams of caffeine and then you get the full pump. And so that way you can create your own customizable system while still getting these types of ingredients that are going to help maximize blood flow. So EVP 3D versus EVP Extreme NO. And then instead of adding just a gram of, let's say, you know, glycerol at 65% active, you know, we made EVP AQ. So you can do 10 to 20 grams of active glycerol, um, along with all the other benefits that you get from the S7 and betaine and all that. But, but the whole point was that these are all solutions to help with hyperhydration to stay full or for basic pump where you have everything from arginine nitrate to citrulline and making sure all of those work in combination to get that bigger and fuller look when you get in, out of the gym and you stay really full and strong in the gym along with focus but 
the point being is that I wanted to create a complete solution. And sometimes a complete solution isn't one product because some days you want extra stim, some days you don't. And exactly what I was talking about, that hydration, that fullness that I love, you know, that 3D fullness. So I took that with the uh, the supplements to stack with the style of training that I created to be able to accentuate that. So great question. The products are, I mean, that's what's brilliant about the products. They're, they're, it's a book. Your story is the book, but each product is a chapter that builds into that book that it all coincides. It all goes together and all flows. And it's not just, you know, cer- certain products in different industry in this industry is just from the same brand. It's just a completely different book every single time you take a different product and they don't work together. And right. You know. And and that's why I don't sit there and really preach about it. This is the first time we're actually talking a mm-hmm. lot about, about the thing on my podcast, because I mean, it was a good question from Lucas, but the bottom line is it's, it's my methodologies. I was able to be able to maximize the product to wrap around my methodologies. Yep. And that's what makes it different. Yep. All right. Next question from a lock. Kumar, I'm a regular gym goer. I don't compete. I weigh 160 pounds. If I don't want to take away protein, how much chicken can I have for my diet in a day? What should an ideal diet plan for me look like? Okay. So again, I don't like to go into specifics because I don't know your body fat, but I'm going to give you a walkthrough of how I would do it with somebody that's a lifestyle slash client um, that I would have worked with in the past because obviously I don't have much time to do those clients, uh, now, but, uh, we try to get your BMR and you're going to have to turn around, do an in body, get your BMR and then work off of your BMR. What you want to do is really focus around protein, especially if you're active, you're really training hard five, six days a week. You're doing weight training. You want to be able to get that at least one to one and a half grams of protein per pound of body weight. Um, some people will say, Hey, do you go off of lean body weight? Do you go off of like total body weight? It really depends on your, on the metabolism of the person I'm working with. So depending on how lean they are and how, how active they are. So I tend to go a little bit on the higher side when somebody has a fast metabolism or I know their output is really, really high. If someone's got metabolic syndrome and they're trying to lose weight, then I might go a little bit lower because I'm trying to keep the overall calories a little bit lower too. But at the end of the day, it really depends on what the output looks like. Somebody who's killing it like a hottie is going to rip through food and they can handle higher carbs because they need it to get those through those crazy monstrous workouts. So extra food, extra car powder, extra, any of those things, it really, really makes a difference because they need to fuel the fire because they're going to burn it off no matter what. Then you have somebody who's super sedentary. And then that's when you have start having conversations of saying, okay, do we want a carb cycle? Do we want to run keto? Um, you know, we have that conversation regarding keto and I was a very big proponent of keto for those people that are very sedentary because they don't have the output and also it helps with cravings. So if you are a person who doesn't get to train, you know, very often, or you have problems with cravings, then keto is definitely a way to go. Um, Dave and I talked about that. Dave's a big keto proponent, but when it comes to bodybuilding, if you're an intermediate or an advanced bodybuilder, I don't advise keto because you want that 3d look. We're not talking about just primarily weight loss. So that's how I prioritize and I build out from there, but you go off of getting an in body, figuring out body fat, and then working out all of the macros from there. Yeah. Gets rid of some of the guesswork for sure. Yes. Michael, next question from Michael. I hope that's how you pronounce that. 
Actually, you know what? I want to add one more thing to that too. Yeah. About um, when I do break down diets, because I was just working with somebody yesterday um, that that's that's a, a client that is also a very good friend. We also go off of what the person is allergic to. Also, you know, like if there's something, whether it's an allergy or something they have preferences to, um, hey, I want to go a little higher on fish. I like fish. Um, I want to stay away from beef. You know, I have some digestibility issues with beef um, or chicken or, hey, you know, eggs really bloat me, give me gas. We want to stay away from that. So we take those those macros and we say, okay, this is where we're going to pull the protein sources from. And then this is where we're going to pull the carbohydrate sources from. Okay. I don't do really well with red potatoes. I really do really well with sweet potatoes um, slash yams. Those are the things that we want to make sure. Some people don't do really well with oatmeal. So, and others, the opposite, you know, we'll we'll make oatmeal cookies or I'm sorry, oatmeal shakes and oatmeal um, uh, protein pancakes. Uh, So that way it's also much more just, I, I guess, convenient is the best word because you can just, pull out of a Ziploc bag and say, Hey, I know for every one of these, I'm getting 10 grams of protein or eight grams of proteins. And I'm supposed to hit my 35 grams of protein per meal. So I can just go ahead and pull from there. So that makes a huge difference in regards to convenience and putting that together, especially when you're not talking about an Olympia prep with Olympia prep, it's a lot more about just making sure that you hit everything because you're, you're hitting six, seven meals a day and the quantity of foods are much higher for an open bodybuilder than it is for a guy that's 160 pounds. I have a question for you actually about the chicken thing. So is it possible to develop, (laughs) (laughs) is it possible to develop an allergy to eating the same thing over and over again? I've heard that before where someone will eat chicken six times a day. Yeah. 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 I've I've seen that. I've seen that Mm -hmm. where where people have done that. And sometimes it's, it's just your body does change. Um, and sometimes it's just also just people getting sick of the same thing. Uh, right. A perfect example is tuna. Go prep off tuna. <laughs> You'll never want to eat that shit ever again. <laughs> so, to, you know, like when you're eating tuna out of a can, everyone's yeah. done it for one prep. But then after that, they're like, dude, I hate tuna because they're eating because <laughs> they saw Ronnie Coleman eating it in their patrol car or whatever it was. Yeah. Yep. So, so it's, it's, it's one of those things that sometimes it's just, um, it's it's just you're just like over it yeah certain certain foods all right next question from michael what is the best way to beat a growth plateau when five thousand k cal from clean food is really max the really the max you could eat a day so he's at five thousand calories i guess is where we're at Mm -hmm. and he can't grow anymore well i would yeah I, i again i it's definitely would like to see the denser calories added in and make sure that the, that the amounts of fats are high enough. Um, it's 5,000 calories on a typical person that he doesn't say what his weight is. There's a lot of things that are missing, but let's just talk about when you want to add carbs, you're going to only be able to add so much because you're going to get bloated. The nice thing about fats that people tend to leave out and, and they forget to include is adding in the vegetable fats, whether it's adding in extra virgin olive oil on top of your salad or adding in, um, I know, you know, 
whether it's macadamia nut oil, whether it's adding in avocado, whether, you know, any of those nut oils um, that are very heart healthy, adding that stuff in is a great way without getting bloated to really shoot up your calories. So it's not all about the, hey, how do I get, you know, 100 grams of carbs in per meal? I mean, that try to eat 100 grams of carbs per meal, 150 grams. It's just, it's almost impossible. And it, it becomes very, very um, just arduous. But if you had to say, hey, I'm going to do 75 calorie, uh, 75 grams of carbs per meal, which is roughly a cup and a half of cooked rice, and then you're going to turn around and start adding some avocado, and you're going to start adding in some different kinds of nut butters and all that, you can start really ramping up your calories without getting bloated. Because if you're sitting here trying to do two, two and a half cups of rice or doing a ton of grits, I mean, that was the other thing that um, that I would have Jay do, right? Jay, Jay was one of the things that his body worked really well in grits. But and when we did the 2009 prep, but at the end of the day, you can only do so much of that. So balancing out your fats is probably one of the most important things. And also not over cooking your protein in terms of, uh, when I say cooking, not literally, but I'm talking about figuratively where you're not going like these huge, huge ounces when your body can't absorb that much. These people read these magazines, uh, athletes read magazines, and they think that because uh, Ronnie Coleman had 12 ounces or 14 ounces of, of, of some kind of meat source, that's what that person needs to do to get to Ronnie Coleman standards. And that's not the case. You know, they maybe need to go six to eight ounces to hit that 50 gram of protein mark. And then what they need to do is then slowly work their way up as they grow. But if you go straight to 12, I mean, chances are you're force feeding at that point and you're really going to stifle your metabolism. You're going to stifle your, your digestion is actually what, what I was, the word I was looking for more than anything. And um, your it's going to wreak havoc on you. So I would really focus on making sure that you do those incrementally and make sure that your fats are just as important as your carbs, especially when you're trying to hit a certain number of calories per day. With the, what about the weight training side of this? So he left that out, obviously. How much does training weigh into that too? I mean, should he look to maybe train, switching up some of the stuff, volume, a little bit more volume? He left out of some details here. So just trying to bridge the gap. For There's a lot situation. of details that are left out. So yeah. the biggest thing is, is really making sure that you are trying to, a bigger muscle is a stronger muscle. So you need to uh, combine, and that's kind of how I came up with FST7, right? It's a combination of high intensity training with high volume training. So therefore you're leaving no stone unturned. What you're going to do is you're going to try to focus on getting stronger so you can get bigger, but then you want to get more 3D so you look more impressive by being able to do higher volume sets with heavier weight. You can't just do high reps. It doesn't work. Okay. That you're like, oh, I'm going to do more reps to get cut. That doesn't work. That's why tone. everybody thinks FST7, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tone. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tone. High reps for toning. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that because yeah. what ends up happening is you, you're not going to be able to carry or build the muscle mass. What you need to do is you need to be able to carry those base foundation sets, you know, the dumbbell presses, uh, the bench presses, um, again, heavy rows, all of those things. And you need to be able to carry those into other exercises that are going to be able to facilitate more blood flow, straight arm pull downs for back, being able to do pec decks, flies to be able to help increase volume, but doing that with a heavier weight. So the key is to be able to get stronger so that you can do more reps with heavier weight. And that's what you're going to be able to get the most amount of growth from. When you had, did you have any pros that had a hard time eating? 
Oh God, a lot of them. <laughs> Jay Jay hated eating. Jay Jay wanted to. He's like, I can't wait to stop bodybuilding so I don't have to eat. I can't hear him complain all the time. He hated eating. Do you do you implement cardio in the in this growth phase just to try to push the metabolism out a little bit up a little bit more so they can eat more, Ab- have a bigger appetite? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I think a little bit of cardio for heart health is super yep. important. Number one, number two helps with uh, digestion, um, just overall in metabolism, right. uh, and also it sparks hunger. Uh, so, but you got to be careful not to do a lot of fat burners during the off season because if you do that, then you, not to not only does your body become accustomed to the fat burners, so then they don't really work when you need them to, because yep. uh, your body down regulates the stimulants. But you're also going to hinder your body's ability to be hungry because a lot of them have Advantra Z, like I designed Lipicide with Advantra Z for that purpose. And when you start adding those things together, then you're like, okay, that's what you want during a calorie deficit is to not be starving. Right. But you got to control it. And at the end of the day, now, if you are on a bender, okay, and you're on a bender, and I don't want to name any names here, but one of my athletes has been like that right now for a little while. Oh, he, was in, he was in Dubai and uh, now in Florida, and he's now like, I saw him scooping two scoops of lipo IR, and I'm like, duh, dude. He's like, oh, I got to get it under control, bro. And <laughs> and the whole point is that what you got to do at that point is if you would need to take a little bit of that fat burner to kind of help you for a short little mini cut, no problem, but you don't want to be able to be really depending on that too much during the off season. Perfect. Uh, last question here from Suhail Hussein. What's the best way to start a calorie deficit without losing muscles? I think it really comes down to the, the prior questions a couple of questions ago was that you have to make sure you got to keep your protein levels high. Okay. Uh, you got to make sure you're training. The training is super important and you don't want to do dramatic cardio. So just like your cardio and your diet, you can't dramatically go, I'm going to go do an hour of cardio right away. So that's how you ease into that. Start off with 15, 20 minutes and then work your way up. That's how you're going to minimize the uh, ability of not losing muscle. And then making sure that you're getting those meals in. Lots of times, you know, it was a mistake that I made when I was competing back when I was like a teenager, right? And when I was in my early 20s, what happened was I would just, be like, okay, well, not eating is better than eating um, or eating too much. And I would just not eat. That was my problem. Like I just wouldn't be hungry. I wouldn't eat. And I'd had to force myself to eat. And at the time, you know, I was like 160, 70 pounds. And so when it comes down to it, you got to eat and you got to make sure that you don't do anything dramatic with the calorie law, calorie deficit and, and start off ease into the cardio. And that's the way to do it. Cause you, if you go straight into that hour of cardio and your, your body's going to, it's going to wreak havoc on your body. If you go straight into some crazy amount of cardio, do you see that as a common mistake between too many people, you change too many variables too fast. I see a lot of mistakes. I see a lot of mistakes in general because I see certain people that are, I see pros making mistakes. I see amateurs making mistakes. I see a lot of people making mistakes, but sometimes you'd think that certain pros wouldn't make certain mistakes. I mean, yeah. even with training, like I watch them and I'm just like, oof, oof, like, <laughs> like you're going to get hurt, buddy, yeah. you know? 
and and even my own guys you know a hottie like he's he loves to train heavy and i have to turn around and i have to shoot him a text after that great instagram post of him doing crazy shit and i said hey just peel off two of those 45s out of the seven that's on that bar and and just add another five to eight reps you're gonna get more growth yeah just take it easy and you're less likely to get hurt you know but some people just that you get ramped up, you're taking a little extra scoop of uh, protein, you know, pre-workout and you're like, I'm going to go off and lift a car. So right. those are the things don't, don't lift with your ego. That's one of the main mistakes I see. Okay. Really make sure that you're getting sore. So you get in that mind muscle connection. The mind muscle connection is one of the most important things. And the way to get that is not to lift too heavy and make sure that you control your reps and don't try to, on, on, on the food and cardio side, don't try to get extreme. Don't sit there and try to do immense amount of cardio at one time. But again, I see it everything. Cause you, know, you see a lot of people doing videos on Instagram that are, you know, they're training and they're just, they're using God awful form and they're just lifting really heavy. I and mean, like I said, you, you know, some of my guys have done it and I just said, Oh, don't do it. Cause, cause again, I'm, I'm more worried about them getting hurt than anything. Right. Uh, it's it's popular to jump into an hour of cardio, but it's like, how do you, where do you go from there after? Yeah. I mean, you're going to plateau from that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And not, not to say that sometimes you don't, you do have to do that. You know, yeah. I've had lots of clients. Okay. Who've had to do at some point early on in their career to get that baby fat out and get that intermuscular fat out where we've done two hours of cardio an hour in the morning, hour at night. But then later on as they've matured, they didn't need to do that much because their body just didn't have as much body fat to strip away to get striated glutes. You know, you could do 45 minutes of cardio or, or 30 minute in the morning, 30 minute at night, or, you know, just one 45 minute session. Perfect. That's it. It's all, those are the five questions. Those are the questions. All right, those man. Questions. That was awesome. Quick and easy. Awesome. Well, Thank I hopefully you. you guys, you guys enjoyed that. Again, let us know what you think. Make sure you share, like, and subscribe. And if you're on Instagram and you take a screenshot, go ahead and make sure you tag me and hashtag the truth. Um, let me know what else you guys like to see. David, I appreciate you, man. Hopefully you appreciate don't get you. shot down by the evil emperor <laughs> behind you. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're good. We're going to be fine. Yep. <laughs> use the force, Luke. <laughs> yeah, we're going to use the force. <laughs> All right, guys. If you guys and what I, if you guys are listening to this, it's because he's got the Star Wars background in, in, in the podcast, in the podcast room. So, again, thank you guys so much. I'm Hani Rambod, my co-host Dave, and that's the truth.